if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. And a good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are off and running on this Tuesday, the fourth morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2020. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today and a lot of good people with whom to talk about it. We're going to be talking in about a half an hour at 935. Vince McKee of Keon Sports is going to join us to talk about what is being done to high school athletes by Governor Mike DeWine and by the Ohio Department of Health, all without any justification whatsoever. And what is being done is that they are having their futures taken away from them. That is not an understatement whatsoever. Most of these kids are just having their present taken away from them, which will be something that they relive in the the, uh, future, uh, of history to come. That sounds a little bit backwards, but you understand the point. When I'm, I'm, you know, I, I played high school football and high school basketball over 30 years ago. And I can tell you that any time and every time that I see one of my old teammates or old classmates, one of the first things we talk about is the, uh, the uh, glory days. Uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote a song about it for crying out loud. So the future of their history is what I am talking about. Uh, young kids today are going to be missing out on lifetime memories to come. When they're 20 and 30 and 40 years removed from their high school years, they're going to look back at what they had in their uh, junior and senior years, and they're going to say, we had nothing. We were forced to sit at home in front of a computer with a mask on rather than being out in the field, on the court, on the track, doing whatever it is uh, that we always wanted to do, particularly, again, for seniors. We already had one class of seniors, the class of 2020, lose their graduations, lose their commencements, lose their uh, uh, parties, uh, and lose their spring sports seasons. Now they're ready to do it to another class, the class of 21. In the fall of 2020, they're going to be losing their senior years and the opportunity to compete. It's going to cost them, like I said, memories to come. The future of their history is in jeopardy. And for many of them, it's going to cost much, much more, including potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars in scholarships that will not be available because of what Mike DeWine and the Ohio Department of Health are doing. Uh, that's what Vince McKee is going to talk to us about coming up at 935. 
You know, we need to start putting faces to the victims. We need to start just, you know, we need to start being very specific about who is being impacted by the overreaction, the hype, and the, the, the lies, quite frankly, that are being told by the governor of the state of Ohio. Mike DeWine is a bald-faced liar, and it cannot be hidden any longer. His presentation of the threat of COVID-19 to the people of the state of Ohio every day that he has his little uh, briefings are filled with misinformation and out-of-context numbers. And the numbers themselves, when you look at them at their core, absolutely provide zero justification for what he is going to do in terms of closing schools and forcing schools to cancel their sports and extracurricular activities. Um, it is just that simple. There are lies being told. And we always say kids are being hurt, kids are being hurt. We need to stop saying kids, and we need to start putting names to those faces. We need to start putting faces to those numbers. We need to start being very specific about what is happening uh, here in the state of Ohio. And we've got to figure out what can be done to stop it. One thing, by the way, is already underway. Lawsuits. A lawsuit has been filed against Mike DeWine and against Amy Acton and against Lance Himes, the director or the, uh, 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 yeah, the higher director of the Department of Health. All of these individuals are being sued, and we can only hope that it sees the inside of a courtroom in time to save these fall seasons for these kids. It's extraordinarily important, and we're going to put names to faces and faces to this at 935. Then at 1010, you know what today is. It's Tuesday, and that means it's cursing out day. And Peter Kersenow will indeed be with us uh, to discuss many things, including the ongoing epidemic of the falsehood of systemic racism in America. Peter Kersenow, a black man, is tired of systemic racism being blamed for racial disparities. Sometimes racial disparities are exactly that. They're just disparities because of learned behaviors, because of lack of discipline, because of lack of uh, nuclear family structure. Sometimes racial disparities are happening organically, and it's not the result of some sort of unseen, uh, deep systemic racism that is just practiced na- nationally and has been for 240 years of American greatness. Um, so Peter Kirsten now has got his thoughts on all of that coming up at uh, 1010 this morning. So Vince McKee and Peter Kirsten now on the program. Make sure you don't miss either one of those interviews. I do want to start with COVID-19, and I do want to start uh, or actually move away from the uh, kids issue that I was just discussing and talk about um, the reality of where we are with the Chinese coronavirus rather than the mythology and the fabrication of the mainstream media, which continues to push the idea that the world is collapsing, that America has not responded well or correctly to the Chinese coronavirus, and it's all Donald Trump's fault. And this is one of the reasons why uh, we need a change in leadership. Yes, I'm saying it directly. The Chinese coronavirus is not medical. It is political. It is political from the very beginning, and it will be at the very end, which will come on November 4th, regardless of what happens. Well, that is, of course, if we know who won on November 4th. If we have an all-male, I don't want to get off on a tangent here, which I am known to do, but uh, if we have an all-male balloting uh, going on, we will not know the results of the election for weeks, probably after November 3rd, the final election day. But um, at any rate, the uh, disease and the impact of the virus uh, probably will subside exponentially and very, very quickly 
uh, after the election because it is political. It is not medical. Dr. Scott Atlas has been one of the lonely voices in the medical community who should be extraordinarily widely respected. He is with Stanford Medical, which is one of the top medical uh, uh, schools in America. Stanford Medical Center and Dr. Scott Atlas has been minimized and told he's junk science. He has been, he has been, you know, it's funny. We've got Yale epidemiologists and Stanford medical doctors all reporting different information than what you get from Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks and some of those who are saying we have to lock down this country's businesses, churches, schools, bars, restaurants, et cetera, until there's a vaccine. We got, we've got some extraordinarily well-educated and used to be highly regarded medical, uh, professionals arguing against what the mainstream doctors are telling us, and they are all having their credibility assaulted. Dr. Scott Atlas among them. Again, this is a guy who is extraordinarily, uh, uh, well-reputed, uh, prior to his coming out and saying this is ridiculous. The reaction and the overreaction, rather, and the prescription the the uh, cure for the for the virus that has been prescribed by so many politicians in terms of locking down America or, is false, and there is no reason to do this. His latest Dr. Scott Atlas's uh, commentary came on Fox News when he was asked about college students, college students, and I think we should probably extend that down to the high school students I was just talking about in general have very 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 little to worry about when it comes to coronavirus. A, getting infected, and B, if they do get infected. It should not stop colleges from holding in-person classes because the kids in college, like the kids in high school, junior high school, and elementary school, primary grades, are extraordinary rare carriers of the coronavirus and even less likely to transmit it or infect other people with it. But Dr. Scott Atlas doesn't count, according to uh, the mainstream media. Listen. I just want to correct a couple of things before we move on. And I didn't say there's no risk. I said there's no significant risk. And I never said children don't get the infection. I said they're not, they have no risk for a serious illness and they're not significant spreaders. And by the way, that was proven yesterday in a, a contact tracing study from Switzerland. The origin of cases there yesterday, 0.3% in schools. That data has never changed. As far as the college uh, discussion that you just had with mm-hmm. the professor, I think there's a, a, a huge disconnect here in what the goal of public policy is here. The goal of stopping COVID-19 cases is not the appropriate goal. The goal is simply twofold, to protect the people who are going to have a serious problem or die, that's the high-risk population, and to stop hospital overcrowding. There should never be, and there is no goal, to stop college students from getting an infection they have no problem with. 99.9%. 99. Uh, I think 8% of deaths are in people over 24. Dr. Scott Atlas saying something extraordinarily important that should be ringing in the ears of your bespectacled buffoon of a governor, Mike DeWine. The goal of stopping COVID-19 cases is not the appropriate goal. The goal is to protect people who get who, who might be in serious jeopardy of serious illness or death. The rest of the population can handle it simply fine. But Mike DeWine said about two weeks ago now at one of his ridiculous press briefings 
that the former goal of flattening the curve so hospitals are not overrun, and that's why we had these shutdown policies and this now masking mandate, that that goal is gone. Now the goal is to make sure no one gets sick. And if we have an increase in cases, an increase in people actually being diagnosed positive with COVID-19, well, we've got to shut down again. Schools closed. Sports seasons canceled. We've got to do businesses, bars, restaurants. You can't drink after 10 o'clock. Mike DeWine has shifted from let's not overwhelm the system, the medical system, with cases. Let's flatten the curve to no one is allowed to get infected. And if we have an increase in infections or cases, even if it doesn't result in an increase in death, then we have to stop those cases. Dr. Atlas knows more about medical procedure and knows more about medicine, period, than Mike DeWine and his little uh, assistant there, Lance Himes, or Dr. Amy Labcoat could ever hope to learn. At Stanford Medical, Scott Atlas said, this is insane. Public policy should not be to stop uh, uh, more cases. The goal should be to protect people who are going to have a serious problem or die, the high-risk population, and to stop hospital overcrowding, which used to be the goal in Mike DeWine's Ohio. So that's an extraordinarily important piece of information for you to hear, as is this. As we listen in this election year, we're, what, 92 days away from the election now, to the left trying to pin the coronavirus all on President Donald Trump. The latest attack came from, of all people, the governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Governor Cuomo has said that the federal response to the coronavirus, which means led by President Donald Trump and his task force, and Mike Pence's task force, that the federal response has been horrible, and this should be be nowhere near as bad as it is right now. This is the guy that sentenced thousands of New York New Yorkers in nursing homes to death by packing nursing home nursing homes with COVID-19 patients all because he didn't know what to do he was afraid of this massive overcrowding in the hospitals of COVID-19 so he stuffed them in to the most vulnerable Population of people among us, senior citizens, particularly seniors with other comorbidities. He stuffed them into the nursing homes and they died in extraordinary numbers. And now he wants to blame Donald Trump for uh, the pandemic being where it is right now. Vice President Mike Pence was not having it. Our hearts grieve uh, for the the fact that uh, one in five of all the American lives have been lost in the coronavirus pandemic were lost in the state of New York. And some of that was because of poor decisions by the state and by Governor Cuomo. But look, I liked it better when he said that President Trump's leadership in the pandemic was, in his words, phenomenal. He said that repeatedly as we surged testing, as we surged PPE, as we sailed in uh, a, a hospital ship, as we built hospitals in New York. I couldn't be more proud Mm -hmm. 
uh, of the of the support that we rendered to the people of New York, and I think the people of New York know that. Healthcare workers know that. Families know that. Uh, I know the governor, Phil Murphy, just across the river, uh, has continued to express his great appreciation for President Trump's leadership. But Andrew Cuomo, who is uh, you know such a god probably thanks to his brother on CNN to the far left. Andrew Cuomo uh, knows that we're 92 days away from an election. He can't praise Donald Trump's leadership as being phenomenal anymore, or he will find himself canceled by the Democrat movement in this country. All right, we are just getting rolling. If you think I'm fired up now, you haven't heard anything yet. Stay here on AM 1420, The Answer. France Authority, here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, it is uh, 926. Thanks for being with us. going to talk more COVID, uh, particularly as I was discussing earlier uh, and the impact of the disastrous decisions by Mike DeWine and the Ohio Department of Health on kids in response to the Chinese coronavirus. Kids in school, particularly high schools, we're going to focus on today. And uh, not only school doors being open, but school seasons uh, as well. So we're going to talk to Vince McKee about that after the bottom of the hour. I want to share with you uh, uh, the viewpoint of one of the guys I respect most in terms of uh, uh, most of the politics that we are discussing right now, and that is Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro on Twitter yesterday ran it down in three simple tweets that I think, or, or maybe, hey, oh, there's a handful more, but, but the, the first three are the most important ones. Uh, about what I was just discussing with you, what Dr. Scott Atlas is saying by re- saying responsibly reopen the entirety of this country. Ben Shapiro said this, Endless lockdown is not an option. Endless unemployment payments are not an option. Leaving children schoolless for a year is not an option. And pretending that these things represent responsible policy options is a lie. We need a hell of a lot fewer top-line 30,000-foot scare quotes from the experts and a lot more discussion of risk profiles for various populations. He's talking about uh, the, the mainstream media. He's talking about headlines, top-line 30,000-foot scare quotes. He's talking about all of these, the fear being pushed and, and, and uh, promoted uh, by liberal Democrats uh, in the media. Third text, or tweet, rather. Stop saying, sure, the average age of death from COVID is 80, but kids are dying too. That is deeply dishonest. The question is, how many kids? Answer, nearly zero. Stop saying teachers are at serious risk. The question is, which teachers? Age, for example, and how large a risk? Also, stop acting as though it is a tragedy when a young person gets COVID and then is fine. That young person no longer is a vector for transmission. That person should isolate to prevent danger to the more vulnerable. Masks should be used for the same, of course. But stop pretending that 20-year-olds going to the office is akin to letting COVID loose in an old age home. It isn't. Tranching healthy populations into the workforce is a good, responsible thing to do. Protect the vulnerable and let everyone else live responsibly. And please, if you have no hard data, I've moved on to the fifth tweet now for Ben Shapiro. Let's just finish him. If you have no hard data, stop presenting headlines like, your toilet will disperse COVID. We don't know that this is actually a threat, and you may get organ damage from COVID. We don't have statistical estimates on how severe or how often. And here's the rule. If you've got statistical estimates, 
It isn't panic porn, and we should take it very seriously. But if you don't, let's wait before uh, before there are such statistical estimates to jump to shut everything down forever or you want everyone to die. In other words, just to summarize, Ben Shapiro, again, I think is one of the most intelligent, one of the, one of the most well-respected voices in political punditry today and in media, is essentially saying stop fear-mongering for political purposes Stop making young, young people afraid or stop believing that young people should be afraid of a virus that is going to do next to nothing to them. Next to nothing to them. And let young people, and yet basically people under 80, live their lives freely and responsibly while we protect the most vulnerable among us. Yes, special protections do need to be put in place for senior citizens, but the rest of the country needs to stop submitting to uh, fear-mongering and panic porn being pushed by liberal media elites at the behest of liberal politicians who are worried about an election in 92 days. Remember, this is me- this is not medical. The Chinese coronavirus is political. And we'll talk more about it coming up after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Progressive Democrats, please be aware you have now entered the place where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. With fire. That's how we kill political correctness here. We kill it with fire. 936, good morning. Thanks again for being with us. Peter Kirsten out coming up at 1010. We got a lot of uh, ground to cover with Kirsten out today. Believe me, he is fired up. I was talking with him this morning as we prepared our show. Peter has got a lot of, uh, uh, he's got a lot of energy today. Let's, uh, let's suffice it to say that. All right. I want to talk more about COVID-19 in Ohio. I want to talk about the Chinese coronavirus and the overreaction to the coronavirus that has led so many businesses to be destroyed literally forever. And now they're going to try to destroy kids too. Uh, and I, and I, that may sound a little over the top and hyperbolic. It is not. Uh, if schools are not open and if school, sports, and extracurricular activities are taken away from these kids, it is going to destroy many lives. Already, the director of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, Robert Redfield, has done the numbers. More high schoolers in America are dying of drug overdoses and suicides than from COVID-19. And that is because they are depressed and they have had virtually everything in their lives that is important to them taken away from them. Here in Ohio, Mike DeWine is in the process of taking away even more. Joining us to talk about it now is Vince McKee. Vince is the CEO and founder of Key on Sports Media Group. He's an author who's covered uh, everything sports, NBA Finals, Major League Baseball, and much more. And he is very passionate about saving high school sports for kids here in the state of Ohio. He joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Vince, good morning. Good to have you. How are you? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing well. I want to thank you first and foremost for having me on your show, and I want to ask you how you're doing. I've been better, man. To be honest with you, yeah. uh, I want to be optimistic and positive, but I'm I am very, very upset and very, very concerned for what you same thing you're concerned about as it pertains to what's happening to our kids with respect to uh, uh, the response to the Chinese coronavirus. We have all been wondering whether or not doors are going to be open to schools, and we have seen over the course of the last two months schools announcing various plans. Most of them, you know, with some sort of an option, you can come to school in person for X number of days and you can do remote learning you can do a hybrid of these things uh but once the boards of health 
acting, I think, in concert with the Ohio Board of Health, the uh, Department of Health, once they started saying we recommend remote learning to start this school year, especially in Cuyahoga County, while the handwriting was on the wall. If the kids can't come to school in classrooms safely, then clearly they're not going to be allowed to to, uh, compete on the sports field safely. And here we are. The governor and the state of Ohio is doing everything that they can do to stop sports from being played. Uh, Vince, you've been all over this uh, on your uh, podcast and on your website, Key on Sports, and uh, uh, tell us your thoughts. Well, I do. I appreciate that. Um, and you can find us on keyonsports.com. A couple things, you know, right off the bat, as a parent myself, uh, I have two little girls, one who's going to be starting preschool this year, and uh, my daughter Maggie going into first grade. And as you said, Bob, we don't even know what's going on. Here we are on August 4th, I believe it is. And we still have no clue where she's going to school, what days of the week she's going to school. Is she going to be in a school? Is it going to be over the Internet? You know, it's a lot to ask two working parents, myself, my wife, a lot to ask of our babysitters. It's just it's been chaos. But you said something in your opening that really strikes a chord with me and is a big deal to me personally. You had mentioned how the CDC came out and said that there have been more suicides than there have been, you know, kids getting ill from coronavirus. And they're 100% right. And I, I have a feeling, you know, I know why that is, and I can say it right now, you know, a very important quote to me that I've been using, and uh, I think it will make a lot of sense to, to your listeners, and it's this. Sports are important for both the physical and emotional well-being of children. For many, it's the thing that keeps them going, keeps them out of trouble, and keeps them motivated in school. It really is more than a game for some. It is a chance to move on where they come from and start a new chapter in their lives. Sports for some is a way to open the door to new opportunities that would not otherwise be available. Basically, it keeps them physically healthy, mentally healthy, and, and just keeps them out of trouble. Now, why do we want to pull that from these kids who have worked their whole life for it? That is so very important. I want to address uh, uh, multiple points that you just made, um, not in necessarily the most important order, but since you said it first about kids being denied opportunities and to being denied their futures, um, Jason Whitlock, who is a very well-respected and highly successful broadcast journalist and, and journalist, print journalist as well, Jason Whitlock um, has said that if the COVID-19 hysteria that we are living through right now had hit in 1984, his senior year of high school, he would not be the successful journalist and broadcaster that he is now because he needed his senior season of football to earn a scholarship. He didn't have anything locked in after his junior year. So if this had hit in 1984 and it cost him his senior year, he would not have gotten his uh, a chance to play it. He would not have gotten a chance to earn the scholarship that ended uh, ended with him at Ball State University, University playing defensive line and learning and getting the education that led him to this career. He said he'd be washing cars or something now because he would not have had the money to go to college. Uh, Vince, there are many, many, many Ohio athletes to whom that applies right now. If this fall does not uh, uh, provide them the opportunity to have their senior years and impress enough coaches to earn a scholarship, their entire futures, literally their lives and how they will turn out, could be in jeopardy and, and will be impacted by their inability to earn that way into college. Absolutely. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you might be overdramatic with that comment, but you're not. You're 100% on the money. And let me tell you two things. One, juniors in high school are everybody as important for scholarships and recruiting and scouting. Last year, with, with baseball and, and track and lacrosse being canceled, a lot of kids got hosed. A lot of juniors got hosed because a lot of people right then and there 
that's where they sign them up. They can talk about seniors. Same thing. The seniors have one last chance to make it. If they haven't been recruited yet, if they haven't signed anywhere yet, they don't know where they're going, that fall of their senior season is their last chance. You can look all over, all over the country. Most kids know where they're going by Christmas of their senior year at the latest. So yeah, it's ridiculous. A lot of these kids, you know, think about, think about this, okay? We, we have a, we have a thing on our website called the Player Spotlight Series. And a couple times this past year, we had kids who were injured, who, who were hurt real bad, missed their entire junior season, but rehabbed, okay? They rehabbed for a year straight to come back this year and play their senior season. Can you imagine being a 17-year-old kid, 18-year-old kid, you know, you break your leg, you, you tear an ACL, you work your butt off to come back and then have this happen? The stats go against it. The stats go against fear. I urge people out there to look into it. You, are, you have crippled your life with mass fear that you didn't need. Iowa didn't shut down baseball last year. I, the, the, the state of Iowa continued to have high school baseball. It went off without a hitch. 99% success rate. In all of, all of Iowa baseball, the entire state of Iowa, they had four cases, four of, of, of student athletes who played and got sick. All four of those kids were recovered within 72 hours, full recovery, no issues. Why can't the state of Ohio do that? Why can't the state of Ohio take that chance? It's up to the parents. You want the parents to sign a waiver? Go right ahead. We've had sports camps all over the state that have gone off without a hinge. We've had AU basketball. We've had club soccer, club field hockey. It's all went on without a hitch. Why are we hitting this panic button and ripping off so many children is, is, is what needs to be stopped. That's why we have our petition yeah. on keyonsports.com. Check it out, keeonsports.com. Sign that petition to eliminate mandated testing for these children. They don't even test first responders. Stare- it's a temperature check. Yeah, I, I'm staring at that uh, page right now, at that at the petition right now on your page. We're talking to Vince McKee. If you just turn the radio on, Vince is the CEO and founder of Key on Sports Media Group. He's an author as well, and he's very passionate about saving kids' sports, uh, youth sports, uh, this coming fall. And, in fact, the season is supposed to start in about 20 days, for crying out loud, and it's not going to because of what is being done. Let's talk about it. You mentioned uh, the testing, and let's talk about this. We all know that Governor Mike DeWine uh, is, is hiding from this decision. That's why it's august 4th and no decision has been made yet he does not want to be the one to say fall sports are canceled because people will hold him personally accountable for this and i'm talking about tens of hundreds of thousands of athletes and their parents around this state among the 11 and a half million people in the state so rather than canceling it here's what they've done along with the state department of health mike dewine has ordered Every player, coach, and assistant or staff member of the high, uh, con- it's really specific too, contact sports teams in the state of Ohio must have a COVID test within 72 hours of every contest they play. So if, for example, if you've got 50 uh, players on a team and you've got, you know, nine or 10 staff members or coaches, then you got, you know, five, six, seven, eight between medical staff and videographers and so on and so forth, they all have to take COVID tests within 72 hours of their contests. And Vince, 
there's two problems with that. Number one, most tests don't get the results back within 72 hours. And number two, mm-hmm. these tests cost about 150 bucks a piece. And that means no <laughs> school district and no private school is going to be able to afford to test all of their athletes and all of their staff before each of these games. So they're going to have to pull out and cancel their own seasons. It's a devious, dirty uh, uh, attempt by Mike DeWine and the powers that be in Ohio to force the schools to cancel their own seasons so he doesn't have to be the bad guy. Yeah, it's the biggest case of pass the buck I've ever seen. That's exactly what they're doing. Instead of They're trying to make it seem like, okay, we're giving you the freedom and the opportunity to choose what you're going to do with your kids this year. They're, they're, they're telling that the schools and telling the families. But in, in essence, they're not. Because there's no school system in Ohio, I'm not sure in the world, that would have that kind of budget and that time to do that much testing. As you said, it's more than just the players. It, it, it's, it's everybody. It's the scorekeepers. It's the referees. It's the officials. Yep. It's everybody that goes into it. And it's not just varsity football. People have to wrap their heads around it. There's field hockey. There's soccer. And it's at many different levels, varsity, JV, freshman, junior high. It, they, they did that, Bob, because they knew they could word it exactly like that. And, and, and it's almost like a catch-22 for them to, to get out of being the bad guy. And they, they released that at 1030 on a Saturday night. Is that the most coward move you've ever heard? Who the heck oh. releases a press release with bad news at 1030 on a Saturday night? Come on. There's one comment on Facebook, and you're very active in promoting uh, your petition and many other things, the articles uh, in support of sports and, and opposed to this on Facebook. One of the comments from somebody said, our school superintendent said this, quote, you should also know that if there were to be a fall season, I estimate that in order to run a full schedule of football and boys and girls soccer, there would be two hundred forty to $250,000 in COVID-19 testing costs at $150 a test. We have yet to determine how these fees would be paid. And, and, and quote. And that is obviously the point here. It can't be paid. No school district has that money. No pri- What about private schools that don't even get tax dollars, you know, uh, in terms of funding? It's all raised on tuition. Uh, there's no way that they could possibly do this, which is perhaps why, Vince, and maybe this is something we can promote as well, uh, there has been a lawsuit filed. Uh, a preliminary injunction hearing started yesterday morning, I'm told, in the Warren County Court of Common Pleas. The lawsuit uh, seeks to uh, essentially stop Mike DeWine, Amy Acton, Lance Himes, and the Warren County Health Department, an additional defendant, from imposing these restrictions and these mandatory tests um, in order for, for uh, schools to compete in sports. Now, I don't know if that's going to be uh, heard in time or if it's going to be ruled on in time to save this sports season, but right now I don't know what, what other options we have. No, I mean, and it's one of those things too. You got to hope you, you know, cross your fingers and hope it works, even if it's a scare tactic. You got to hope it works. Yesterday at four o'clock, Lieutenant John Tustead uh, had a, you know, an emergency meeting with the Coaches Association of Ohio. Perhaps they were able to talk him into something. You know, one truly doesn't know what goes on in those behind the behind the door meetings. But I'll tell you this: in my honest opinion, I believe, I strongly believe that Dewine and Tustead and, and everybody who makes the decisions and the rules had their minds made up months ago. I truly believe that, Bob. I, I believe that they had their minds made up in May, if not early June, of exactly what they were going to do. And since then, it's been a systematic process to go ahead and, and, and try to just cover it up, again, not to be the bad guy. This I want to see the hashtag, all of it. It's very upsetting because you could come to any argument with uh, with any of this, with facts, with evidence, with reasonable, reasonable thinking, 
And the other side, you know, the other side of the story, they come at you with, with, with lies and, and hyperbole and, and drama. No one just wants to sit down at the table, figure this out, and move on. You can't tell me they're not. I mean, nurses show up to get a temperature check. They're ready to go. You know, everybody else, doctors, policemen, all these other, you know, first responders and, and lines of work, you know, who have to go to an office, they get their temperature checked, they get yeah. tested for symptoms, that's it. Why are we forcing these children to take these COVID-19 tests? It's like well, yeah, and, and, and the same kids that they're forcing to do that right now are practicing. Uh, practices mm-hmm. were allowed to start yesterday officially, and you know what they do? They don't have to be tested before practice. They do just that. They nope. check the temperature and check symptoms. If you're not symptomatic and you don't have a fever, you go practice. Why can they not do the same thing on game night? If you show up with a fever, you can't play. If you show up with symptoms, you got to stay home. You can't play. But but now they're going to make, the again, the, the mandatory testing. Uh, Vince, last thing. Um, it's on your page. <clears throat> And I've been asked to promote it too. I've got. A, I was contacted by somebody at Bay Village. Uh, by the way, yesterday North Royalton kids stood outside and protested uh, on behalf of themselves and their extracurriculars and their teams and so on, demanding to to be allowed to play. There's a protest scheduled at Bay Village High School, Bay High School, uh, scheduled for tomorrow at 4 p.m. Where the kids are going to be out in front of the school board building on Wolf Road. And I want to encourage, I know you do too, everybody to join mm-hmm. and support and stand with them. And every other school that wants to protest and show the governor and show the uh, uh, the little tyrants uh, down in Columbus that this is extraordinarily important to all of these communities, and I hope everybody supports them. I'll give you the last thought here, Vince. Absolutely. Thank you again for having me on your show. Just want to let everybody out there know that you you have a voice. You were born with a voice, and you have that voice. Put faith in yourself. If you know something's not right, go ahead and tell people it's not right. This is America. Nobody should be forced to do anything at this point. It's time to wake up and realize what we have in front of us. We've lived in fear for too long. Go to keyonsports.com. That's K-E-E on sports.com. Sign the petition. Follow us on Twitter at sports underscore key. Listen to the guys like Bob France who are going to tell you the straight up truth because we are a spot in our country right now where we need to hear it. Let's save our children. Let's protect our children. It's time. Enough is enough. And Bob, Thank you again for having me on your show. It's a pleasure, Vince. Thank you very much. Vince McKee, Keon Sports Media Group, really appreciate that. And go to his site, like he said, and sign that petition. We're going to try to make as much noise as we can on behalf of these kids. Remember, they are killing themselves, and they're overdosing on drugs at a higher rate than than uh, of kids who are being impacted by COVID-19. And the reason for that is their depression over what is being taken away from them. Don't let it happen anymore. We'll be right back. It's 9.58, so short segment here uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Thanks again to Vince McKee. I want to share this with you because it's just a great way to follow up the passion and the energy and the intensity that we just talked about saving these kids' seasons. I want to share this with you. Remember how uh, we've been talking about how terribly wrong Dr. Amy Acton was from the beginning here in the state of Ohio? Well, in California, it was a different doctor. It was Dr. Andrews, or excuse me, Dr. Levin. Dr. Levin, beg your pardon. Well, in Ventura County, California, a radio broadcaster named John Ziegler went to the city council meeting there to talk about, in the open uh, uh, period for residents and citizens, to talk about who was so wrong and why it's so wrong for them to continue what they're doing. Change the name from Levin to Acton, and this is what we should be saying in the state of Ohio. Listen. After waiting for two hours and now getting two minutes, I'll get right to the point. Uh, This board is pretending that for the last three months, your emperor, Dr. Levin, 
has not been against a mask declaration. Now all of a sudden we're pretending that masks are everything, even forcing speakers to use masks. I would like the board to take a position. Was Dr. Levin wrong for those three months? And if he was this wrong, why has he not been removed? Why has he not been fired for being so catastrophically wrong? Or do you not really believe he was wrong? You're just wearing these masks because it is a signal of your great virtue. Damn! Damn. Because for the last three months, we have not worn them. And Ventura County has done outstandingly well and continues to do outstandingly well because we are not Los Angeles. We are not New York City. We never were going to be any of those things. Ironically, this is one of the few things Dr. Levin was actually right about. He has been wrong about everything. He is the one who told us we would have four to 600 hospitalizations a day. He, he, he revised that to two to 400 a day. We still haven't reached that in one day. We're barely over 200 for the entire ordeal that you guys have put us through. We now are panicked over 51 total hospitalizations in a county with eight hospitals. Can you people do math? Can you please do basic math and understand where we are on this? This is not a crisis. You, however, have created one. You, in an effort to try to prevent all death, when we've had 43 deaths, have now ended all relevant life. And you should all be ashamed of yourselves. And this will never be forgotten. Ever be forgotten. You will all be held accountable eventually, in this life or the next. You all better hope there is no hell, because when you die, that's where you're going. And guess what? You're not going to be dying of COVID either. Thank you. Can you dig it? Peter Kersenow joins us next on AM 1420, The Answer.